0: John chapter 20, verses 1 through 9. Early in the morning on the first day of the week, I'm reading from the Message Bible. While it was still dark, Mary Magdalene came to the tomb and saw that the stone was moved away from the entrance. She ran at once to Simon Peter and the other disciples, the one Jesus loved, breathless, panting. They took the master from the tomb. We don't know where they put him. Peter and the other disciples left immediately for the tomb. They ran neck and neck. The disciple got to the tomb first, outrunning Peter. But, oh well, outrunning Peter, stooped to look in and saw the pieces of linen clothing, cloth lying there. But he didn't go in. Simon Peter arrived after him, entered the tomb, observed the linen cloth lying there, and the kerchief used to cover his head, not lying with the linen cloth, but separate, neatly folded by itself. Then the other disciples, the one whom had gotten there first, went into the tomb. They took one look at the evidence and believed. No one yet knew from scripture that he had, risen, had to rise from the dead. The disciples went back home. Now, why did the early disciples believe? What was it that caused them to believe by looking into the tomb and as they looked in, they ran in and looked at the tomb and looked at what's going on there, looked at what they saw. What did they see that made them believe? Let's go back to John chapter 19, verses 39 and 40. Nicodemus, who had first come to Jesus at night, came now in broad daylight carrying a mixture of myrrh and aloe, about 75 pounds. Okay? 75 pounds of myrrh and aloe. They took Jesus' body and following the Jewish burial custom wrapped it in linen with the spices. So we have here 75 pounds of aloe and spices and wrapped in in strips of cloths and they wrapped the body of Jesus in these strips of cloth. Now why is it, how is it that they were able to look and believe? You know, uh, I think it was last year that I, I, finally, we fi- I finally found evidence or whatever reading that brought this, this reality to me, to me, is that if you wrap somebody in strips of cloth, cloth there's 75 pounds of, say, water and flour, aloe and spices, if you put that together and wrap a body in it, It kind of presents what? A plaster cast. Now it's not like a cast that you can't break, but it is a cast that is around the the body of Jesus. And when they looked at this and they believed. (laughs) They had been there, they had put the body and wrapped him in these spices and in this aloe. They wrapped it and they believed in the resurrection when they looked at it. What did they see? they saw a a whole body wrapped in this stuff, but nobody in there. (laughs) There was no body in the wrappings. It would have been impossible to get out of the wrappings without it falling apart. It wasn't like a plaster cast that you can bang around and not, not, you know, and break it maybe. David, he had about three or four casts whenever he had a plaster cast on his foot. Uh, you know, it was always breaking it and they had to get a new one on it. But this was not like a cast material, being almost like a, a, a material that was laid around the body and then the body disappeared out of it and it was lying there as, as if the body was in it, but there was no body, no body, nobody at home. <laughs> and then they found the napkin that was over his face, they found that neatly folded and in a different place. So the person that was inside of this plastered tube wasn't there. That's why the disciples, this shell that was there, that's why the disciples believed. They looked and immediately believed in the resurrection. They believed that Jesus had risen from the dead. There was no doubt in their mind that Jesus was risen from the dead. It was afterwards that they, he began to appear to them and they saw him, but it was whenever they walked into that tomb, they knew the reality of what had taken place. They saw and they believed. And the, and the reason this is so important is everything that we believe about Jesus Christ and about his teaching is, is hinges, fulcrum, is on this resurrection. If Jesus isn't risen from the dead the truths that he presents are of no value. Paul says this in 1 Corinthians 15. He says, if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then then is our preaching vain and our faith is also vain. The Message Bible says it this way, if there is no resurrection, there's no living Christ. If Jesus isn't risen from the dead, He forgiving us of our sins and living in our life can't happen. And that his promises that he gave about eternal life and the resurrection of all of us and all of those who have died in Christ doesn't happen. Everything hinges on this resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if we don't believe it, you know, there were those in the time of Christ, and after Christ, and the apostles and so on, they wrote to them, they didn't believe in the resurrection. They didn't believe in a bodily resurrection. And Paul wrote these letters to them, trying proving to them that Jesus is alive. He goes on to say, um, if there's no resurrection, there's no living Christ. And face it, if there's no, no resurrection for Christ, everything we've told you is nothing but smoke and mirrors. And everything you stake, everything you stake your life on is smoke and mirrors. Not only that, but we would be guilty of telling you. Stra- uh, excuse me. We would be guilty of telling a string of barefaced lies about God. Paul says that to the church at Corinth. So the Christian message, the Christian message, is tied to the historical reality of Christ's death, Christ's resurrection and Christ's exaltation. To note the apostles, it's important to note that the apostles cannot conceive, the apostles cannot conceive of his message having any spiritual value if Christ is not risen. The apostles themselves said, if Jesus isn't risen from the dead, his message has no value. Verse 16, if corpses if a corpse can't be raised, then Christ can't be raised. Because he was indeed dead. Did you know there was a teaching that went around that Jesus really wasn't dead whenever he was on the cross? They took him down before he died. And then they put him in the tomb, and he somehow He somehow um, came back to life and got out of the tomb. Okay. You know, I mean, you, you can't, if you watch the... Um, the film that talks about the the, the death of Christ was it Mel Gibson's film. That is that it, Passion of, Passion of the Christ. If you watch that film, that still doesn't depict the brutality. As brutal as that is, that still doesn't pr- depict the brutality of what happened to Jesus. And how he would be able to survive even that would have been a miracle let alone hang on the cross for all those hours and have a spear stuck in his side and, you know, water and blood gushed out of his side. You see, the resurrection of Jesus Christ brings all the truths of God's word to life. To life. Jesus says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. It's because he's a living savior. Jesus says that nothing shall separate, Paul says this in the script, nothing shall separate you from the love of God. Nothing can come between you and God's love. Nothing can take you out of God's hands. That God is with you. That in death we have a hope of a resurrection because Jesus Christ is risen from the dead. See, Christ in you is the hope of glory. And whenever we take, receive the word of God into our life, we become a miracle. We become a miracle. Our life is transformed from the inside out. No longer I that liveth, but Christ that liveth in me. There is a hope in our life that only Jesus Christ can give us because he loves us and he died for us. It wasn't a mistake that Jesus died. It was the plan. Jesus, before the foundation of the earth, knew what was going to happen. And he he would become the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. It wasn't a failed attempt at trying to redeem man because of his life and it all failed, it all fell apart at the last time and it killed him by mistake. That's, you know, (laughs) that's human logic trying to figure out a reason why Jesus would have died. But Christ in you, the hope hope of glory, is allowing the miracle, allowing the truths of God's word to be a part of our life. Colossians says this, Paul to the church at Colossae, He says that God wanted everyone, regardless of their background, regardless of their religious standing. The mystery in a nutshell is this. Christ is in you. So therefore you can look forward to sharing in God's glory. It's that simple. Christ in you. When we accept Jesus Christ into our life, it is that hope that resides inside of us that will last an eternity. Christ is in you. We look forward to the glory of living in heaven with Christ. And not only living in heaven, it is coming back to where we are now. That we have the abundance of what God would have us to be. The joy of the Lord is our strength. That we go through every day, every 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 part of our life, knowing that Christ is in us. He is with us as we go through life and we go through the obstacles and difficulties. You know, I, I like the, the sower in, Mar- in Mark chapter four. You know, we, we can ask ourselves, what type of soil are we? Here we all we all hear the word. We all hear it. the wayside soil. Satan comes and takes the word. That the scriptures that come to our hearts and comes to our mind, and we hear it here today, and, and as we read it and as we pray, the scriptures come to us. The Word made flesh and dwelt among us. God made flesh. When we accept the word of God, we are accepting God into our life, into our thinking, and into our hearts. The wayside soil is the word is sown. Into the, into the, along the hardened path, Satan comes, takes it away. That's no miracle. Stony ground. We hear the word and immediately we receive it with gladness, but we don't have any root. And when problems come and we become offended... We back off and leave. There's no miracle there. Thorny ground. Hear the word and and, and cares of the world come and the deceitfulness of riches, the deceitfulness of trusting wealth, the lust of other things, choke the word, become unfruitful. There's no miracle there. But good ground. Good ground. We hear the word. We receive it and bring forth fruit, some 30-fold, some 60-fold, some 100-fold. This is where we become the miracle. We become the miracle of the resurrection because the miracle of Christ's life produces life inside of us. And whatever we touch and whatever we do, it, it multiplies. It becomes greater, some 30-fold, some 50-fold, some a hundredfold. God has a way of working in us that multiplication factor. That what we do and say multiplies. You know, we look at our value and say, well, you know, really, don't, I don't have that much. I can't give that much. It's not, it's not that. It's the influence that we have in the lives of people, neighbors, friends, and families. The influence that we have, that God works in us and we're able to talk about Christ and his love. The forgiveness that comes through us through Christ. You see, Hebrews chapter 4 says, the word is quick and powerful, alive and active, full of strength. That This word of God that we have inside of us. Let the peace of God guard your hearts and minds. Whenever we're upset or discouraged, or problems come, things, we can't, things that we can't handle on our own. That's not the problem. Because we have Christ in us. And when Christ is in us, the Word is alive. It quickens. It's quick and powerful. It gives us assurance. When we feel discouraged, there's an assurance that comes from the Word, from the Scriptures. And that assurance is Jesus Christ in us. That assurance is that Christ is there to help us, to give us strength. The power of the word. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. That everyone will hear the word. And that word makes a difference. So, I look at, as you look at the disciples and the, and the crucifixion of Christ and how that they would have gone away in discouragement and hiding. Couldn't they remember, didn't they remember the time that they were on the stormy sea, there in Mark chapter 4, there arose a great storm and the waves beat into the ship. And Jesus was in the hinder part of the ship asleep on a pillow. And they awake him and say, Master, don't you care that we perish? And he arose and rebuked the wind and the sea and said, Peace be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly, and they said one to another, What manner of man is this, that even the wind and the sea obey him? You see, this is the living Christ that takes this story and applies it to our hearts, and applies it to our life. When we are in the tempest, in the storms, tossed and wondering, where is Jesus in all of this? And the the story is, why, do we, why are we afraid? Christ is with us. He is alive. He is with us. And he can speak the words, peace be still. Let the peace of God guard your hearts and minds. There is a peace that comes upon our life. Maybe the situation doesn't change, but there is a peace in us that is able to face the storm. It's able to face the difficulties. And only a living Christ is able to do this. Be the miracle. Know that Jesus is no ordinary person. He is a Savior who loves you and who cares for you. Jesus, hanging on the cross, he says to those around him, you don't take my life, I'm giving it. I am the sacrifice. The life that God breathes into us. The life that God breathes Into us can never go out. We may die, but the life that we live, the person, never dies. The life of the resurrection is that Jesus Christ is alive forevermore. And the life of Christ cannot be kept in the tomb, and so the life that we live cannot be kept in the tomb. We may die, but guess what? We will rise again. He is risen. The earth shook with the news. He is risen. And in that moment, joy replaced despair. Hope pushed out fear. And life conquered death, not just that day, but for eternity. We celebrate the resurrection of Christ for what it meant then and what it means for us every day. Every day, a sacrifice that brings forgiveness. A sacrifice that brings renewal. A peace to any of us who put our faith in Christ. Being the miracle is no matter where we are in our life, no matter what burden or what circumstance may come to us, we have a reason to give thanks. We have a reason to thank God and praise him. Praise him for that unmatched love that comes to our hearts and lives. He is risen. He is Christ. He is alive forevermore. And that he will live. Jesus, the bread of life. Communion. Jesus broke the bread and said, This is my body. This is the cup. This is the blood of the New Testament, which is shed for you. But know this. I will not drink or eat of this vine or of this bread until I drink it anew with you in my Father's kingdom. Jesus knew what was going to happen. He knew the resurrection and, and, the, and the crucifixion were just imminent in front of him, but he knew about the resurrection, and he knew that that would make the difference. Be the miracle. <laughs> Enter the empty tomb. Enter that empty tomb in our own lives and experience the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Jesus is alive in us. His light shines in us and through us into the dark world that we live in. And he called us to be the miracle. Know that Jesus Christ is alive. Not only out there somewhere, but in here. He is alive. Jesus lives. I serve our risen Savior. He's in the world today, and I know that he is living, whatever men may say. I see his hand of mercy, I hear his voice of cheer, and just the time I need him, he's always near. Amen? Amen. Shall we stand? (laughs) Easter is a special holiday. You know, we often think of Christmas as the the major holiday of the the church. Easter is the holiday of the church. The church celebrated Easter. Why? Because the early church met on Sunday, the first day of the week. And that, that started every week after the resurrection. The church met on Sunday... The Jewish Sabbath is Saturday. The church met on Sunday, the first day of the week, the resurrection day of Jesus Christ. Every Sunday is a celebration of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Every Sunday is a memorial that Christ rose on the first day of the week. He arose as a conquering Savior. Death could not hold him. Death could not confine him. He is life. And when Christ lives in us, we will live forever. Take a breath. 2,000 years from now, you'll be able to breathe. (laughs) Because your life will never be extinguished. You are a living soul, and you will live forever In Christ we will spend an eternity in heaven because he loves us that much that he died for us and he rose again. Amen? Amen. Christ died for us and he rose from the dead and because he lives we shall live also.